in the days of Noor, where we talk about Islamic-related topics and social issues. So solutions to black women being overworked and or unmarried. Um, I'm going to tell you my three solutions from the beginning, and then we're going to get into each one in detail. And inshallah ta'ala, if you're watching, um, I hope that you'll stay tuned for the whole thing because you do need to hear the detail. Like not all of them are exactly what they sound like. Um, so I need to get into it a bit more for you to really understand inshallah. Okay, so the three solutions to black women being overworked and or unmarried are one, polygamy. Two, and this is not in order of hierarchy, so I'm not saying polygamy is the best option, just one of the three options. One is polygamy, two is marrying out, three is marrying down. So if you don't know what those term means, terms mean, again, please stay tuned. Um, so you can get my explanation of, of everyone, of each of them. So, um, polygamy. Now you all know if you've watched my videos or listened to my podcast or follow me on Facebook that I've definitely spoken about the negative aspects of polygamy in our community and the way in which polygamy is carried out. So when I say polygamy, I'm not really talking about anything that currently exists on the ground in terms of how people are participating in it but i'm talking about polygamy in the in the purest form of the definition merely a man having more than one wife now when i when i'm speaking about polygamy as well i'm talking about a very specific type of polygamy and that is a polygamy in which the man is actually able to and caring for those women so not a polygamy in which it's like oh we'll all work and we'll all put our pool our money together and or a polygamy in which oh we'll have a second wife and she'll take care of the kids and one of the wives will work no a polygamy where the man is able to provide for all of those women let me also say that this video of course anyone can watch but this video is specifically to women so i'm not going to really talk about what men should do i'm talking about women and how um as black women we can navigate a very um sort of difficult road when it comes to marriage and when it comes also to the expectations that um men have of us in marriage and I also want to say before I begin, um, before I continue talking about polygamy, that anyone as an individual, don't give up hope on marriage. Like, I don't care what the stats are in the black community. Um, now they're, okay, I care about the stats when we're talking about social issues. But when it comes to you as an individual, whether it's 70% of black people that aren't married in their, it's black black women in their childbearing years, 20s, 30s, it's about 70% of us that aren't married, or whether it gets to the point where it's 90% or 99%, you as an individual do not give up hope. The person that you want is out there, and that's why we're going to talk about these three strategies. But um, So it can be difficult. It can seem insurmountable, but don't get caught up in the numbers for you as an individual, because as an individual, we can tackle this issue in a way that will um, benefit us and allow us to get what we want. Um, so the problems I see with the way polygamy is currently practiced in our community, men who are engaging in po polygamy 
can't necessarily afford it. You know, they can't necessarily take care of more than one household. Um, and the women are often still working, still having to care for themselves. And I will say as a disclaimer, I feel like I always have to say this and I'm sure one day I will stop saying it because I feel like it shouldn't have to be said. But if you are a woman who wants to work, that is not what we're talking about. We're talking about if you're in about not putting yourself in a position where you have to work, where you don't have a choice because you've married someone who cannot take care of you. Um, so as women, we have to stop getting married to, and this is monogamy or polygamy, but polygamy, I think it's even worse because there's a lot that you're giving up when you engage in polygamy in terms of your ideal of what marriage is supposed to be as a as a westerner there's a lot that you're already giving up and to also give up your rights as a woman is just too much like that is just a lot of frustration and it's unnecessary again there's a huge difference between wanting to work and having to work those are two different things if you want to work then maybe um, you get pregnant, you know, you're married, you get pregnant, and you decide, you know what, I want to take six months off of work after I have my baby. Having to work would be you get pregnant, you have a baby, your job gives you six weeks, you have no choice but to return after six weeks because your husband cannot afford to provide for you. Those are two very different scenarios, and we should not confuse them. Um, so when we as women, when we're even considering, and again, this goes for monogamy and polygamy, but we're just talking about polygamy um, for the moment. When we're even considering polygamy, we should be marrying up. We should be considering a man. Um, there's a word called hypergamy, which is a set, which means marrying up. We should be considering a man who can fully take care of us especially without having to take care of his first wife. I mean, it's, excuse me, it's Dr. Lazim, without having to take from his first wife. Obviously, it's hard to completely know that. Um, but nevertheless, if you notice any shadiness, then you should definitely not entertain someone like that. Um, so marrying the best men in our community. Like, unfortunately... In our community, it often seems that the worst of men are engaging in polygamy. Um, the men who really can't afford it and have no business doing it, they're the ones who are engaged in polygamy, and the ones who can really don't. And, and honestly, in our society, um, if you're a man who's intelligent, if you're a man who wants some level of material wealth, you want a house, you don't want to live in apartments for the rest of your life, you want a car, you want to go on vacation one once a year, like you have normal kind of the American dream kind of standards for your life, you probably wouldn't necessarily be interested in polygamy because polygamy is going to stretch your funds, right? Um, so logically, I do kind of understand why the better men in our community aren't necessarily interested in polygamy. But again, this isn't about the men right now. For us as women, when we're even considering polygamy, you should not entertain it with anyone but the best men in our community. And finance is one thing, right? Finance is extremely important. We also have to ask about his time management. He has to be um, 
beyond like subhanallah I lost the word I wanted to use but he has to be exceptional in his time management skills he should be the kindest of men he should be um, a a a uh, an above above average in his respect for women because if you have someone who's mediocre in any of these essential characteristics and, and traits how are they going to be when they have to do that with two women with not just one woman but two or three or four or they have to if they don't have a lot of money now with one woman well what is it going to look like when there are two women who have to utilize those resources but if you only consider the most exceptional of men that can end up being a decent circumstance and honestly the kind of ironic thing is that this is how polygamy usually works in most societies it's the men with money who engage in polygamy now again some the only time it's not like that is if culturally then polygamy isn't really the standard like culturally in some muslim countries polygamy is kind of seen as something um you know, like something we used to do kind of thing. It's not seen as more progressive and modern. So it sometimes will be the men who are in the villages who have uh, more than one wife and the wealthier men don't. So there are some circumstances like that if if there is a um, cultural norms involved, that sort of thing. But just within the black Muslim community, um, as a woman, when you're thinking about polygamy or thinking about um marrying a man with polygamy or you've been approached by a man who already has a wife you need to ask yourself if he is exceptional he has to be better than you in a lot of areas you have to make sure that he's not your average joe that he can handle this immense responsibility and of course as a woman you have to realize that it's not just about having two wives again or three or four um it's about having that's a part of it but it's also about having two relationships it's about having two different households two different families two different bills to pay so he has to be above average in his ability to do those things um within the marriage he already has if he's slacking in that first marriage there's no way you should even consider involving yourself with that kind of person and especially imagine if he can only involve himself in polygamy um because he's taking from the first wife you're setting yourself up for drama how annoyed and angry will she be and unfortunately her anger may come towards you instead of him if he has to take from her to marry you so you really have to make sure that this man is exceptional and so obviously this solves part of the problem of not being married because you'd be married but it also solves the problem of being overworked as black women who we get married we work we have children we go to school and we sometimes we tend to do it all at once you know but when we're trying to pursue a life that is and again like i'm sorry i feel like i have to repeat this so many times there's a difference between wanting to work and having to work if we're trying to pursue a life where we are financially maintained by our husbands and only work if we want to work not because we have to not because we um are struggling then we will be able to um have better lives so it's like 
if you're comparing marrying a man that you have to struggle with and pay half the bills with and all of that compared to marrying a man within a polygamous marriage that can fully take care of you, then the second option may be better. I'm not going to say it, it is absolutely better, but it may be better. And at the same time, in one sense, I can say it, it is better only if you follow exactly what I'm saying, which is that you marry up. You marry someone that is exceptional. So then if you marry someone that's exceptional, exceptional in their time management, that has good finances, not okay, not finances that have to stretch if he marries you, but good finances, then that can definitely be a better situation than having to marry someone and struggle with them and take care of yourself um, and not really having, not really being allowed to be a wife, you know, not really being allowed to have the full rights of a wife. And um, one of the biggest reasons this is an issue in our community of women not really being able to um, fully be wives in that you have the opportunity and that you're able to be taken care of by your husband and you don't have to work if you don't want to. And you can be a stay-at-home mom, whether fully or part of the time. You can be a housewife, whether you want to do that completely or you just want to do that for a couple of years or you want to do that when you feel like doing that or you want to work part-time or you want to work at a job that you really love instead of having to struggle at a job you don't like because you're just trying to pay the bills. Um, obviously, one of the reasons for that is that black men... Um, as a collective, aren't doing well financially. But as a, as a woman, as a black woman, just because our male counterparts aren't, counterparts aren't doing well financially does not mean that we have to then struggle with them, right? That that is not the option that we have to choose. It can mean, which is the first solution, that you just marry, that you have to be engaged in polygamy and just marry the best men who there aren't enough of the of men of that quality so you have to share him but you still get to fully be a wife and fully um have quote unquote <laughs> this term just comes to mind so i have to say it but quote unquote a life of leisure that again if you want to work part time or work at the job you love that doesn't make a lot of money or be a stay-at-home mom or be a stay-at-home wife or focus on um, community service or whatever you do, just have um, complete opportunity to do as you like, as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given women that right, then marrying up, even it's even if it is polygamous, is the best option to do that or one of the best options to do that. Okay, so the second option is that you marry out. So marrying out just means marrying outside of the community. Um, there's a YouTuber, her name is Paris Milan, and she had a live video. I don't think swirling is a term for, I think black women in particular. I don't know if white men use the term too, but it's a term for black women who marry white men. And not I think not just marry them, but also advocate for women to do that. And um, and so she had a video about swirling and, you know, people just giving their thoughts on it because it was live and people called in and all of that. And I thought it was a really good, a good um, video. But the interesting thing I found is that so many black women um, are resistant to marrying out. 
And, you know, in one sense, it's fine if you want to marry within your race. I think most people want to marry within their race, within their culture. That's fine. But I think that we have two problems. One, there's a problem with some of the reasons that we don't want to marry out, which I'll touch on in a moment. And two, there's the reality that if you don't want to marry out, then who are you going to marry within the black community and what kind of life are you going to have to live and are you going to force yourself to lower your standards just to marry someone within your community? Okay, so yeah, the one of the, the first problem I find is that the reasons why we say we don't want to marry out or even can't marry out is that some black women really feel like Everyone else is racist. No one else likes black women. And so we have no choice but to marry within our race. And, um, you know, I'm not going to say that, oh, this group really loves black women or that group, um, whatever. But I will say that we have to remember when you're getting married, you're looking for one person as a woman. You're just looking for one person. So even if you want to say, oh, in general, let me not say a group. But if you want to say in general, this group is racist and they don't like black women, do you really think you couldn't find one man within that group who likes you? So it's like it's such a ridiculous notion to me that, oh, we can't marry out because so-and-so doesn't like us, so-and-so group doesn't like us. It's like, it's just ridiculous. And I think that sometimes, obviously there's a lot of racism in this world, Um but I think that sometimes we overestimate racism in the sense that um, because we live in America and because we experience racism, white supremacy here, we kind of assume that everyone else hates us too sometimes. And it's like, it's just not the reality. And it certainly isn't the reality for every single individual. So when I say marry out, um, what I really mean is that you have, you should, as another option, to just open up your options so that you're not just looking within the black community. Now, the first thing, I should have said this first and foremost, the first thing is that we need to have standards, right? So it's like, that's, that has to be, that's the premise of everything else, is the only way, the only way we're going to escape being overworked and unmarried being in marriages where we're overworked is to first have standards. So the standard has to be that this man is going to to fulfill traditional masculine, the traditional masculine role, which is as provider and protector. Um, so that is first and foremost. And that's why in the first example, when I spoke about polygamy and said marry up, then he has to be exceptional in both of those. And there are also other masculine qualities that we'll probably get into in another video. Inshallah, I want to do some videos on masculinity and femininity, so we'll probably um, get into it there. But it's like, that's, that's the first thing. Before we talk about race, before we talk about anything else, the first thing is standards. Because as much as we may complain as black women and I'm not saying this is exclusively a black woman problem. No, I'm not saying that. Someone who's not black may resonate with some of this also, but I'm just addressing black women in this video. Um, the only way we are going to solve this problem as women, we're not talking about men in this video, as women, 
is to first have standards and to not sell ourselves short. So if you say that you want a provider and a protector, but then you marry someone who can't accomplish that, and then you complain about the fact that, oh, you know, black men this and that, or oh, my husband wasn't a provider and a protector, well, then we're, we're kind of doing it wrong because we're setting ourselves up for the very thing we complain about. Whereas if the first step is standards, the first, um, the first thing we do is to have standards, then we should not, we wouldn't fall into this trap. So marrying out is about opening up your options to non-black men. So non-black it doesn't mean, um, it doesn't have to mean like not, what should I say? I mean non, non-African-American, right? Because African-Americans, unfortunately, you know, and we know all the reasons why, the racism, white supremacy, and all of that. But for us as black women, just because black men are facing racism, white supremacy, and that um, doesn't help them to perform to their best does not mean we then have to struggle with them. Like that is not the necessary conclusion to be made from that. Um, So whether that means marrying a black man from Africa, from the Caribbean, from um, wherever, from Europe, from Canada, you know, whatever, Um, or whether that means men of other cultures, then just having your standards first. And it's also important to say, which is why I don't like this whole swirling thing, um, because it's like, it's as if they're saying that white men are better. And it's like, even though as a group collectively, they may be better off economically, if you as a black woman don't raise your standards, you can end up finding a, a man who can't take care of you among white men or among Asian men or among Indian men, etc. You can find the same issue if you don't first and foremost say, here are the standards and I'm not going to lower them for anyone in or outside of my race. It just gives you um, the ability to fully fulfill those, those standards and those desires for having a traditional masculine man. Because if you're just focused in on the black community, then you're not really going to find it unless you're willing to um, enter into polygamy. And I'll repeat that as an individual, you should feel like anything is possible. You should absolutely feel like you can find a good black man who's financially responsible and not polygamous. So I'm not saying that that is the only option, but when we're looking statistically at all of the issues that we have to deal with, I do think we have to open up our minds to the possibility of these three solutions. That while you may primarily be looking for a man who is traditionally masculine and monogamous, and you absolutely can find him, you also have to realize that because of all the issues plaguing the black community, that isn't extremely likely, right? So you have to have one of these three approaches. There may be other approaches, but these three primary approaches for you to successfully be married and not be in a situation where you... um, where you're overworked, where you have to take on the domestic sphere and the and the traditional masculine role. I don't really have a lot of details for marrying out because I 
I think that's pretty clear that you just expand, that you have your standards and then you expand your options to beyond the African-American Muslim community. And what I'm saying also, it can apply to non-Muslim women too, but in within Islam, then there is a form of legalized polygamy, religiously legal, um, where you have rights and everything else. So for a non-Muslim black woman, I don't know how you're going to really practice polygamy in a way that that you are respected and honored and have rights because it's not legal within the society and there is no sort of standard oh this is how we do black polygamy let's say um whereas in islam then there is a standard and there are rights and protocol and all of that but again it can a lot of us can apply to non-muslim black women also so the third is married down Meaning that the man may not have a degree. He may not have a job that's as great as yours. But you get married to him with the agreement that he's still going to pay all of the bills, that he's going to be responsible for, you know, where you live and the leadership and all of that. And, but one of the, I would take more of a radical stance in that I wouldn't say that I don't think it's easy if you're working and you have a really good job that's better than your husband's to say, okay, you pay all the bills and you be the leader and all of that. It's possible. But as a woman, if you're making $80,000 and he's making $30,000 and you know that you could live a better life if you um, utilize your finances, I think it's going to be very hard to almost pretend that you're in a hypergamous marriage and and allow your husband to pay for everything. So I would take the more radical stance that if you want to live a life where you're completely taken care of by your husband and work is only an option, etc., then I think it would be I think it would be important in this option to not work, to not work that great job where you're making a lot of money because it's very difficult on your ego, on his ego to completely rely on him as the sole breadwinner if you know that if you were to help him, you could have a bigger house and a better car and all of that. And remember what what I am proposing solutions to because people may say, well, I mean, what's the issue if she helps him and they have a great house and a nice car and all that? If it's not an issue to you, then great. What are we trying to solve here? We're trying to solve the issue of black women being unmarried and overworked. If you're fine with working and making more money than your husband and paying half the bills or paying more than half the bills, then this entire video isn't for you. But if you are looking to get into a marriage where your husband is the provider and takes on the traditional masculine role, an option is that you are willing to, that you're open to marrying a man who makes less than you, but he still has the responsibility of the traditional masculine role. And that is whether you work or not, but it's a lot easier to hand over that role if you're not working. So those are my, those are my three solutions. Because I spoke about this before on Facebook, I want to just read my post and then comment on it a little bit. There aren't enough marriageable men in our community, so women need to be open to polygamy. Or there aren't enough marriageable men in our community, so women need to be more open to marrying outside the community. 
Either would be a solution, so why have I only heard the former openly preach to black Muslim women? And how can a community of men in financial struggle really believe that those men could care for more than one woman? But of course, the type of polygamy black women should be open to isn't the kind where they are taken care of. No, it's the kind where they take care of themselves, but gain the fortune of a part-time husband. Men who openly preach this are directly saying to black Muslim women, you are unworthy. You are unworthy of financial maintenance that God himself bestowed upon you. While I am telling you, you are worthy. If you choose a quote-unquote struggle marriage because the character of the man is so exceptional that you'd be happy to just take care of yourself just to be with him, great. And no one should judge that should judge what women freely do. The issue is the sentiment and encouragement from men that women must choose struggle marriage because that is somehow the best they can hope for. And lastly, what about a third option? There aren't enough marriageable men in our community, so we male leaders need to work with our men to improve their circumstances so they can better provide for our women. P.S. Being single is not a crime, nor should it be used to guilt women into quote-unquote struggle marriages. Okay, so hopefully you got to read that post, read, listen to the post. So, um, I think what I mean by struggle marriage should be clear. But just to explain it anyway, struggle marriage, quote unquote, is essentially a marriage that isn't really a marriage, a marriage where you as a woman are not getting your rights and your husband is, or where you are forced to work or pressured into working, even though you don't want to, where you are, um, what's the word, where you're guilted into participating financially in the household even though it's not even though it's your right to not do so so that's essentially what I'm calling struggle marriage and in that post I was really talking to black Muslim men especially leaders in the community to say that we should not be openly preaching to black women that they need to be more open to polygamy with men who are financially struggling Now, if you want to say open to polygamy with the good, the best quality men in our community, then that is a possible solution for women who are open to polygamy. But that is not usually said. That full, you know, that full um, idea is not usually preached. It's usually just be open to polygamy when it should really be um, be open to polygamy with good men with good quality men especially if you desire to be with a black man a black man because black men are struggling financially we know all the reasons why racism white supremacy um though at the same time it's like yeah racism white supremacy for sure and you can even say that um racism white supremacy it props up black women over black men that's very possible at the same time, once you know that, what are you going to do about it? You know, in the NO, NOI, Nation of Islam, they had businesses. You know, these were black people in the 60s, 70s, 
eighties, nineties, um, you know, until it kind of it's not completely died out now, but it's just not as big. Um, they were what I love about the nation of Islam and will continue to love about them. They were solution oriented. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, here's this huge problem we have now. What are we going to do about it? And whether that means having, I mean, subhanAllah, there are things my, my dad was telling me, I guess this is a few weeks ago now, there are businesses that I didn't even know were Nation of Islam businesses. Um, one is, I feel like it's called Fish Fry or Fish in the Pocket, something like that. But they were a chain of businesses owned by the Nation of Islam. They had a newspaper. We all know they had the bean pie. So when you're living in a country that you know isn't going to give you a fair chance, isn't going to give you opportunity, well, what are you going to do about it? No one's going to deny that. But at the same time, um, sympathy is only going to get you so far. Honestly, sympathy isn't going to get you much of anywhere, right? We all kind of know that. People can be um, emotionally sympathetic towards you, but no one's going to give you a job because they feel bad for you. Um, so it's like, but unfortunately, black women are often asked and often consider marrying down and marrying down, not in the specific way that I'm saying of marrying down, but still giving him all of the male leadership and kind of falling back as a woman, but marrying down in, you're marrying down and he's marrying up. So you're doing the cooking and the cleaning and everything in the domestic sphere or most of the things in, in the domestic sphere and you're still trying to respect him as a leader and you're going out and working and paying half or more of the bills. That is not a solution because what it's really saying is we're so empathetic towards black men that black women should suffer for for that cause. They should they should just be so overwhelmed with empathy that they um struggle with them. And it's like, no, we don't cause the solution to suffering is not more suffering. So as black women, it's really time for us as a group, but more so as individuals, right? Um, because as a group, you know, you can't really control a group, but whoever it is that's watching this video, I hope that I gave you some ideas, some solutions that you either, again, in summary, that you are polygamous, that you get into a polygamous marriage with a man who is exceptional, that he's exceptionally kind, caring, has um, exceptional ethics, has exceptional time management, and has an exceptional income where he can afford more than one wife. Or you marry out. Again, we already said the premise is that you have standards, that if you want a traditional, a man who is in the traditional masculine role, that you um, set those standards first before everything else. Um, the second solution was to marry out. Open your options to black men who either aren't African-American or to just men of other cultures. And that lastly, you marry down, but you fall back as a woman so that you still end up with the same traditional um, set up as you would have if you married up. And so the last thing I'll say, and inshallah ta'ala, if you look at my, um, my pod, or if you listen to my podcast on traditional, traditional gender roles, 
then there's a lot of benefit in a traditional marriage. It's not to say that there's no benefit in more modern marriages where everyone's kind of doing their part. There is, but there's a lot of benefit in traditional marriage. And I think that, I'll say one thing, like there's a difference between if you're in your mid-20s and older getting married, even maybe late 20s and older getting married than if you're like a teenager in your early 20s. Because if I look at, for example, my own parents, they got married when they were 19, 20, and their roles shifted all the time, you know, throughout their marriage. I think that's very different, and I think they come from a different era. For one, they're more so from an era where people stick together and they stay married. Um, My parents, they became Muslim, and, you know, even though... I feel like it's a little different when you're raised Muslim and unfortunately raised with some, it's not Islam's fault, but in our community, there are some really toxic notions around polygamy where it's like, it's taken as this absolute right that no matter how your wife feels about it, no matter how little money you make, you can be polygamous. And so that's something that as Muslim women, we have to also, um, kind of keep in our mind unfortunately I think of our generation and that divorce divorce is so high and there are just there's a kind of glue in a traditional uh, in a marriage with traditional gender roles that isn't there in a more modern marriage that in at least in a traditional marriage then you know that you're being taken care of whether your husband is polygamous becomes polygamous whatever at least you're being taken care of as a woman. The most insane things that happen sometimes in our community that there will be a couple that's monogamous. She's working, he's working. They're both doing their part, so to speak. And at some point, he decides to take on a second wife. And a lot of women feel regret. They feel hurt because they feel like, well, we were in this together. But the reality is, I mean, men are different from us. A man can really love his wife and still want to be polygamous and marry someone else. So you can think, oh, we're in this together, and he could really be in it together with you, but it's not going to stop him from marrying someone else. It's kind of a funny thing because it's like, and this happens all the time, it's like, how can you take on a second wife if you can't even take care of me? As the as women, because again, this video is directed to women, you have to ask yourself, why did you allow yourself to be in a marriage where you're not being taken care of? Monogamous or polygamous, your rights are not being fulfilled. And I genuinely believe, I wrote about this before, I'll put my, my blog link, inshallah, if I remember below. I genuinely believe that if you're in a marriage where your rights aren't being fulfilled, it's very hard for that marriage to sustain you for very long, especially when especially when men's egos are what they are. And unfortunately, for us as women, we would think, okay, if I'm working too and we're both, you know, whatever, we're um, doing the chores together, the women always end up doing more more of the domestic, more work in the domestic sphere. But um, if we're doing all this together, that a lot of men still want to have the respect of being a leader, even if they're not financially providing, even if they're not a leader in any real way, they still want the respect of being a leader. And that's such an impossible scenario. And poor Harriet had a really good video about this. It's like, it's a, uh, forgetting the word that she said, but it's like, that's, oh, 
she said, that is a job in and of itself. Because you're like, the funny thing she said is, it's like we're playing um, traditional marriage cosplay. When you say that we're, we're both going to pay the bills, but I'm going to respect you as a leader and head of household, even though you're not, then that's extra work for a woman because then she's playing a game. She's pretending. She's pretending to respect you in a way that you have not earned that your husband is providing. There's nothing superficial about that. One of the biggest reasons that we love our parents. There are other reasons, but one of the biggest reasons we love and feel indebted to our parents is because they took care of us. And a big part of that taking care has to do with finances, that they fed us and they closed us and they funded our entire life, right? That is a big reason for that respect and that reverence. But if you're in a household where you're splitting the bills, and let's be honest, She's doing more work than you because you may be both working outside the home and splitting the bills, but in all likelihood, she's doing more in the domestic sphere. So really, you have to act, maybe you should be giving her reverence because she's doing more than you. To ask a woman who is doing more work than the man inside the home, for sure, and equally outside the home, to respect him as a leader It just isn't fair to her. That's too much work. And that's what we're talking about as a solution to black women being overworked. It's like part of the solution is that you make sure your marriage replicates the traditional gender role so that he will very easily or it will be easier to give him the respect he deserves when he is truly a leader in real um tangible ways when you don't have to pretend like you don't have to pretend to be grateful for someone who is funding your life right you don't have to pretend to be grateful for the work that they're doing you're going to naturally be grateful it's not going to have to be like a switch you turn on you're going to be naturally be grateful you're going to naturally like you know make sure that there's enough dinner for your husband if you know that he's the one who paid for it whereas if you paid for it together, it may not come as naturally like, oh, yeah, let me make sure he gets the big, (laughs) the classic example of the big chicken, right? Um, That respect doesn't come as naturally if it's not tied to something real and tangible. And so for us as women, because this is directed towards women, if we just set ourselves up in marriages that that are more um, traditional, we don't have to pretend. And they are just real world benefits. As long as we are the womb bearers and the caregivers, we benefit greatly from having a man who takes on the responsibility of being provider and protector. When we have to figure out not only, you know, to, but when we have to feed our children in a literal sense of cooking the food and all of that, Um, and also bring home the food. So we have to work and figure out how to get the food and then come home and cook the food. That's a lot of responsibility when it would be so much easier, so much work taken, taken off of us if our husband was at least responsible for bringing in the food. And, um, I'm not going to remember this quote, but there was a, a really good quote that went something like, um, all of work, like all of men's work that they do outside is for the benefit of women. 
And I feel like there's a lot of truth to that, that that the work men do, that they're supposed to be responsible for doing, is to free women of having to do it. Why? So that we can focus on the domestic sphere, the, the inner world, the relationships, the caregiving, the nurturing, and that the more we're freed of the more masculine tasks, the more we can focus on our more feminine tasks. If we have to do both, it's just too much work to have to do both. Not if you want to work, but if you have to work, um, that's a lot of burden. And so, inshallah, I hope you found this video podcast beneficial. Thank you all for tuning in and take care.